Amen. Why don't you hold your Bible, lift it up real high, shout, this is my Bible. I believe what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I am a believer and not a doubter. A doer, not just a hearer. Today, I will learn from God's word and my life will never be the same because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Amen. So last week, wasn't that awesome? I mean, Ashley came and just tore the roof off the building. Amen. It was such a phenomenal, refreshing uh, message uh, from both of them all the way from, you know, Friday, Designer Life and all the way to Sunday. So uh, Ashley, when he came out, he literally opened a can of uh, uh, diamonds, you know, jewels. And I'm going to con- continue in the same frame of what he was teaching last week. I believe this is one of my, you know, areas of uh, calling, uh, of strength, and I've seen a great deal of results uh, in this area. So I get excited when it comes to teaching about uh, this. We're going to talk about what he started last week, which is uh, tapping into God's full prosperity that's available for you and me. Amen? And that, that's what he was talking about. And I know he, he probably taught the whole Bible in like 35 minutes because he went everywhere. Amen. So we're going to try and lay a brick upon brick so we can build a new building, a new philosophy, if you will, when it comes to prosperity. And I'm going to go back to uh, the uh, uh, scripture that uh, Tanasha used. So we're going to go to Genesis chapter number one. From verse 26 to 28. And because you already know what it says in the New King James Bible, I'm going to read it in the Message Bible. So first, uh, Genesis chapter number 1, verse 26 to 28. Now watch what it says. Uh, Message Bible, please, in the Message Bible. Genesis chapter number 1, verse 26. It says, and God spoke. Someone say, God spoke. To answer your neighbor and tell them, this is not Tafara, this is God. Amen. It's God. It says, God spoke and said, let us make human beings in our image, make them reflecting our nature so they can be responsible for the fish uh, in the sea, for the birds in the air, the cattle, and yes, the earth itself. So who is responsible? Man. Amen? (laughs) It says, every animal that moves upon the face of the earth, we are responsible for them. Now watch what it says. It says, God then created human beings. He created them how? God-like. Next verse. Man, this is awesome. Reflecting God's nature. He created them male and female. God blessed them. So notice, after God created them male and female, we are now getting ready to hear the first thing mankind ever heard from God. Open inverted commas. Is that what it's called? We're getting ready to read the words of God. God speaking to mankind for the first time. This is what he said to them. What's the first word? I didn't hear it. I did not hear that. The first word mankind ever heard from God was what? I mean, dude could have said rapture. He could have said hold on. He could have said, just struggle on through this journey. The first thing God chose in his omniscient, all-knowing wisdom was prosper. So prosperity is not a man-made idea. It is a God idea. In fact, if you read in Jeremiah 29, 11, God says, I know 
Not that I speculate, not that I have an idea, not that I, you know, I'm, I'm not sure. No, he says, I know the plans that I have for you. And it is not a plan for evil. It is a plan to prosper you and give you a hope and a future. So prosperity is a God idea. God wants you to prosper. First thing mankind ever heard from God was prosper. What's the second thing? Reproduce. Do you see it? Second thing uh, God said to mankind was, now that you have mastered prosperity, reproduce. And reproduce, this word, is not limited to procreation. Because I know some of you are already thinking, Pastor, we're going to make them babies. No, that's not what he's talking about. He's saying reproduce the garden. Amen? So when God gave the garden to Adam, he gave it as a prototype, a sample, an idea, a concept. And he says, now take this idea and make it international. How many of you realize God could have planted the whole earth by himself? You know, when he says God was uh, arrested on the uh, seventh day, it's not because he was tired. It's because he was finished. God could have gone on and planted the whole garden, fill up the whole earth. But God didn't want to do that. He wanted you and I to do it. And when God gives you ideas, they're always going to come in the form of uh, a seed. They're always going to come in the form of a garden. This is an international conglomerate that was given to Adam. But it came as a garden. And like Brother Tanasha says, I say in the book, what started in the garden, when you look in the book of Revelations, and as a city, and all of the ability, the creativity, the, the, the witness, the ingenuity that we needed to uh, bring it from a garden to a city was already deposited on the inside of us. Why? Because God is a good God, and he wants to do it with you and me. So God says prosper, he says reproduce, he says fill the earth, I like the fourth one. What did he say? Take charge. You be the man. So God gave mankind authority over their lives, mankind authority over the earth. So you know, what just happens will happen, doesn't exist in the mind of God. You know why? Because he gave you the authority to run the show. Or at least your life. Amen? Amen? Jeremiah 29 verse 11. Let's just read this in the NIV. Thank you, Jesus. Someone shout, prosperity, prosperity. is a God idea. A now, hunt your neighbor and tell them, don't resist it. Now, a lot of people resist prosperity because of the abuses in, you know, in the world. And particularly the West or, you know, our generation at least, we love branding. And because of that, Satan has tricked us into rejecting some of the revelations that are true and found in God's word because of branding. You know, I was watching this show uh, a few years ago, so they took it to the streets to ask people in America what they thought of Obamacare. So everyone who was asked said, I don't like Obamacare, I don't like Obamacare. And then they turned the question around and they said, how about the Affordable Health Care Act? And they said, I like that one. And then it turned out that it was one and the same thing. But because of branding, they were put in a position to reject the baby and the dirty bath water. And the church, I don't like how the church brands everything. You know, when you get a revelation, you, I'm a word of faith. 
Then they say, that's my brand. I'm a prosperity gospel. That's my brand. I'm a hyper grace. That's my brand. Man, I'm just a Bible preacher. I'm not a prosperity preacher. I'm not a grace. I'm not a faith. I just teach the gospel as presented by the Apostle Paul in the Pauline Revelation, the new covenant revelation which you and I belong to. Amen? Because when you go into branding, you're going to reject the baby and the dirty bathwater. Prosperity is a God idea. And it's available for you and me. God never intended for any of us to go with our needs unmet. Amen. But if you choose it, if you want to go that way, you know what? God will bless you with your needs unmet. Amen. He, he will let you live that kind of life. It says in Jeremiah 29 verse 11, For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to what? I didn't hear it. I did not hear that. <laughs> He says, I have a plan. And this plan is to prosper you. Oh, thank you, Jesus. That's good. He said, uh, uh, he just said to me that uh, the question to Farah is not whether I'm planning to prosper them. The real question is whether they are planning to be prospered by me. That's the real question. What's the game plan? Are you planning to be prospered by God? Because that's the real question. God has already made up in his mind. He wants to prosper you. He wants to prosper you and not to harm you. Man, I don't know how clear it can get. God does not have in his, uh, 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 you know, the politicians, this thing, this document of what they're going to do. Uh, what is it called, that thing? A manifesto. God does not have in his manifesto uh, 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 hurting you. It's not a part of the plan. He says, it's not to harm you. But it's plans to give you a hope and a future. Man, that's awesome. And I know some of you may be thinking, but Pastor T, he's not talking to us. He's talking to the children of Israel. Remember what he says in the New Testament in Acts chapter number 10, verse 34? He says, God is not a respecter of persons. In other words, God does not show favoritism or God does not treat his children with inequality. What he promised another, you can also stand up and claim. Because God does not show favoritism. And that's why I'm claiming this scripture. For myself. Amen. Let's read uh, Psalm 35 verse 27. God wants you to prosper. Man, I want you to walk out of here convinced that my heavenly father's plan is for me to prosper. It is for me to do well. It is for me to win and to be blessed. Amen. It's not a, a televangelist idea. We're not that smart. You know, I used to diss televangelists a lot in my sermons until I became one. <laughs> now I have to include myself. Amen? It says in Psalm uh, 35, verse 27, let's go back to the King James Bible, please. <clears throat> Psalm 35, verse 27. Let them shout for joy and be glad who favor my righteous cause. And let them say continually, let the Lord be magnified who has what? Pleasure. Someone say pleasure. In other words, God gets excited about this. He says God has pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. Now, if God finds pleasure in the prosperity of his servants, servants in the Old Testament, how much more will he find pleasure in the prosperity of his children? Blood washed, blood bought by our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We are not servants anymore. We are his sons. We are his children and we belong to his house. We have been given a spirit of adoption where we can 
qualify to cry, Abba, Father. Where we can call God, Daddy. And I may have lost some of you right there. Who do you think you are calling God, Father? Well, he's the one who said when you pray, starts with our Because he doesn't want you to think he's some deity somewhere out there, disconnected to the day-to-day goings-on of your life. He wants you to know he's a father. And not only that, that he's not a runaway father. He's a responsible father. In fact, that word father in the Greek is pater, which means nourisher, which means provider, which means protector. He wants you to know that he is a responsible father who will do all of the above. Someone shout, God God. is my father. father. And I'm his child. child. A lot of people don't have a problem with God being a deity. You know, one of the spiritual uh, 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 entities in the heavenly places. But when you bring the revelation that he is your daddy, he's your father. He has a relationship with you. And not only that, he knows the number of grain on your head. He knows he can number your hair. And hair is the most constantly changing thing on your body. Either you're losing it (laughs) or it's growing. Amen? And God can number it. You know what that means? It means it pays close attention, special attention at what's going on in your life. And that's the revelation you need to have if you are going to embrace this concept that God wants me to prosper. Third John chapter number one, verse two. Thank you, Jesus. Someone shout, God loves me. Unconditionally. See, a lot of people don't have a problem with God loving our country or our community or our church. But when you tell them God loves you, they no, wait, wait a minute, Pastor G. You don't know what I've done. No, it's called agape, unconditional love. In other words, terms and conditions don't apply when it comes to God loving you. He loves you because he loves you. He's not waiting for you to get your act right for him to love you. He loves you because he is love. And he can't help it but love on you. Would you accept his love? That's the question. Watch what it says in 3 John 1 verse 2. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in how many? And be in health just as your soul prospers. Let's read it in the original King James. Let's go to the original King James. I want you to see something else he says in uh, He says, beloved, I wish above all things, above everything that he wills for you. This is in the top drawer. I wish above all things that you, and it relates to the first thing he says in the garden. That's why he says, I wish above everything that you may prosper and be in health even as your soul or to the degree that your soul prospers. So your prosperity in the material realm is directly linked to the degree of your mind renewal. 
See, because I know there's some people who will just not accept God's kind of prosperity. And you're going to have a tough time when we get to heaven. Because there are no shacks in heaven. Pastor T, you know, Pastor T, you know, I'm just comfortable if I can just get a, a bachelorette. You know, I'm just, when you get to heaven, you won't find it. You can put it on your gum tree. Uh, uh, I just came to heaven and I'm looking for a one bedroom. We don't have one bedroom flats out here. Everything is a mansion. Some of you are going to have a tough time fitting in. Because you don't like prosperity. Now, when you get to heaven, this dude makes roads out of gold. So when you get to heaven, some of you are going to have a tough time. You know, Pastor, I'm just okay. I'm just humble. You know, I I don't like gold. I don't like any of it. You're going to have a tough time because as you walk in, the streets are made out of gold. The gate that you're going to walk through is made out of pearls. The city you're going to live in is made out of precious stone. The foundation, 12 of them. Man, you're going to have a tough, tough time living in heaven if you don't change the way you think. Jesus said, I'm going to prepare a place for you. In my father's house, there are what? Many, many what? He didn't say there are many rooms. He says, in my father's house, there are many mansions. That's how he talks. Amen? And we need to renew our minds uh, to that. So God has blessed all of us. But here's how he does it. He gives it to us as a prototype, as a garden. And he says to us, now take this idea and reproduce it and make it international. And the process of doing that is called faithfulness. Amen? Every God idea comes in seed form. Let's go to uh, Zechariah 4 verse 10. If you're writing down notes, write that down. Every God idea comes in seed form. Zachariah. Watch what he says. For who has despised the day of small beginnings? If you're reading in the New King James, it says don't despise the day of small beginnings. You know why? Because everything starts small. For they shall rejoice and shall see the plummet in the hand of Zerubbabel with those seven. They are the eyes of the Lord which run to and fro through the whole earth. Let's read it now in the New King James Bible. Thank you, Jesus. Let's read it in English. <laughs> uh, uh, New Living Translation, please. This is still too deep for some of you. Let's go to New Living Translation, please. Watch what it says. It says, do not. Someone say, do not. It says, do not despise these small beginnings. Everything with God starts small. And the biggest challenge we have is we wanted to start big. So we miss the blessing because we are waiting. See, some of you are waiting to uh, uh, celebrate and give God thanks when the big one happens. And what you do is you short circuit the big one coming by not appreciating it and valuing it and honoring it. And that's where Satan has tricked most of us. He says, do not despise these small beginnings. For the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. To see the plumb line in Zerubbabel's hand. The plumb line is spirit level. Any of you have ever been builders? You know spirit level? This little. He says, God gets excited just seeing you walk out of the house with the spirit level. With, a, with an intention to go and build. God gets excited. 
And most of us don't get excited at seed, idea, level, and that's why Satan keeps stealing these ideas from us. Man, don't despise the day of small beginnings. Uh, a, f- a few years ago, I think about four years ago, I was on the phone with a gentleman in New Jersey who we started a network with, a network of churches, because in our hearts was to train pastors and to empower each other and to pray together, because uh, we discovered that one of the loneliest uh, jobs in the world was being a pastor, because you know some of the pastors are just running the race all alone and so on and so forth. So we were sharing, this is an idea, and we said, you know what? We should start a network that will minister to pastors, get together on Skype and pray together and so on. Just a small idea. Two guys, two young guys. Consider myself young, amen? Two young guys are talking on the phone. And in the first year of that network meeting, it was six of us. And I was the only one representing uh, South Africa. But we had so much conviction in this small idea that we treasured it. Every month we'd get together on Skype, uh, share what's, what's going on in our Uh, different areas of responsibility and so on and so on. Pray together, encourage one another, have a Bible study and so on and so forth. We did that faithfully with that small idea. And the next year, you know, I said to God, you know what? I want to bring some of my leaders so that they can uh, 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 encounter this uh, encouragement and, you know, be a part of this. And God uh, opened some doors of opportunity. Every time you're faithful with the little, God will always open the door to the next level. And next year, which was last year, we managed to take about six leaders from this church to Los Angeles. That's where the uh, meeting was happening last year. And this year, we are taking about 12 leaders from this church. But this thing started with two guys sitting on their laptops in their lounges, one in South Africa and another one in New Jersey. By this year, 2018, we have partners coming from left, right, and center. I was talking with Yukon, and he said, you know what, Tafaro, we just got a new partner who's putting 20,000 U.S. dollars to this trip. All of that could not have happened if we had not treasured the day of small beginnings. God wants you to start treasuring the God ideas that come in seed form. You need to start valuing them. And that process is called faithfulness. Don't wait for the big one to become faithful. Start where you are. If you cannot be faithful with numbers from zero up to nine, you will never get into calculus. <laughs> you may as well hang the boots. <laughs> if you can't be faithful with the alphabetic order from A to Z, forget writing books and literature. The vowels, R-A-E-O-U. If you can't must forget reading. Amen? So we have to treasure the small beginnings, the, the, the small revelation that God has given you. When it comes to prosperity and abundance, you have to treasure the, 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 the harvest, financial harvest that God has given you and do with it what he requires for you to do with it. Honor him first. The Bible says, honor the Lord with your substance. Honor him first. And as you honor God first, God will begin to open doors of opportunity for you to grow even in the financial realm. When God, some of you, man, today I want to preach with, to someone who has lack in their lives. I want to challenge you. Start t- treasuring the little that comes into your account. Start treating it with faithfulness. After you honor God, start, start be, be generous to God, first of all, and start investing. Start saving, putting some, you know, some of it away. The Bible says in Deuteronomy 28, God blesses your storehouses. So you have to have something stored away in the storehouses for God to bless. 
But you need to start being faithful. And as you are faithful, God will promote you into more. Amen? Luke chapter number 16, verse 10. Is this good so far? When I'm telling you, when you start applying these principles, God will bring you into promotion. Each and every single one of us in here have been called by God to a greater impact, to a greater destiny, to change people's lives all across the world. And we get to that place by putting one foot in front of the other. Watch this faithfully. Someone said last week uh, to me, uh, you know, I was sharing about these big things and, you know, I was getting intimidated by these people. And they said, don't worry about it. Here's how you eat an elephant. One bite at a time. Don't try to eat the whole thing at once. Just one bite at a time. And as you uh, 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 start being faithful one month at a time, that one month becomes one year. And that one year becomes five years. And that five years becomes 20 years. And the harvest that you will begin to see in 20 years could have been aborted if you didn't start taking those steps toward faithfulness today. Amen? I said amen. amen. Luke 16, verse 10. Watch what it says. This is Jesus speaking. This is awesome. Man, if you were to walk away with anything today, walk away with this. He who is faithful in what is least is also in much. Did you see it? He who is faithful with least is also faithful with much. He who is unjust in what is least is also unjust. In, this is a life principles. Do I have any single ladies in the house? Anything? Oh, my single lady. Oh, my single lady. If he's not faithful as a boyfriend, based on this scripture, we don't even have to prophesy or wait or go for counseling. He who is faithful in least will also be faithful in my. If that dude is not faithful in least, if that cat is abusing you verbally or physically as a boyfriend, let me give you some pastoral advice. Don't promote him into much. Just hunch your neighbor and ask them, this is pretty simple, but deep. <laughs> this, is simple. this is simple. Hey, listen, if you're not faithful with the least, you're not going to be faithful with much. And here Jesus was talking primarily about prosperity. He was talking about finances. And essentially he's saying, next verse. Therefore, if you have not been faithful in unrighteous mammon, he's saying if you cannot be faithful with money, dealing with money, Money is the lowest level of faithfulness or stewardship in the kingdom of God. He says if you can't deal uh, faithfully with money, in other words, if you can't hear the voice of God when it comes to dealing with money, if it's really hard for you to tithe, to give to people and so on and so forth, if you can't be faithful hearing God's voice when it comes to unrighteous mammon, you may as well forget the true riches. He says who will commit to you the true riches? What do you consider true riches? The anointing? What do you consider true? Gifts of the Spirit? What do you consider true riches? Whatever you consider true riches, you're not tapping into it if you have not learned how to be faithful with the least. Why? Because God wants you to get to true riches when you have the character to sustain it. It's not because God hates you. It is because God knows if you're not responsible with the little, if we promote you into much, that's just going to destroy you. A few years ago, South Africa, real story. 
A guy got awarded millions and millions and millions of rands. I don't know what had happened with the business, took them to court, and he got awarded millions of rands. In the same week, dude left his wife. He didn't even give it two months or three. See, when you're not faithful, people's lives are destroyed in the process. In the same week, left his wife, moved to Santa. True story. Some of you know the story. If I told you their names, you'd say, I know exactly who you're talking about. Bought Lamborghinis. Same month. (laughs) By the end of the story, a lot of people's lives have been hurt. Destroyed, actually. And he himself, in the process, destroyed himself. What happened? He went into March without mastering how to be faithful with a little. So when God says, walk the journey of faithfulness, it is so that when you get to that place, you can sustain it. Amen? Amen. I said, amen. So he says, if you cannot be faithful with that, with unrighteous mammon, who will commit to you the true riches? So there's a financial harvest for every single one of us, scattered along the journey of faithfulness. You know, when we uh, were doing our calculations and extrapolation, Uh, based on the budget that we had for the church uh, for when we were going to go on television would have gone on television in 2045. Based on the money that was coming in, 2045. But based on faithfulness, it's a totally different ballgame. Because as you are faithful with the lesser, God promotes you into much. Now when it comes to time, the lesser is uh, chronos. Chronos, you know, uh, minutes, uh, hours, day-to-day time. As you are faithful in Chronos, God promotes you into what is called Kairos. Kairos is God-opportune moments, which are scattered on the journey of faithfulness on the path of Chronos. As you are faithful, God has littered that journey with Kairos moments. Where, like Joseph, one day you are sitting in the prison, and in a moment, God moves you from the prison to the palace to become the second in charge. Why? Because you were faithful in the prison. So scattered along the journey of uh, faithfulness in the chronos are kairos moments. And they move you from one level to another dimension. You know, we're having a Bible study with Pastor Tate, and he said this, and I thought it was powerful. He said, Pastor Tate, do you realize that uh, uh, moving from one level to the next is uh, 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 what we should do in the natural, but moving from one level to uh, another dimension is about seven levels in between. He said if you study quantum physics, when he says you move from the palace to being the second in charge in the nation, that was not level to level. That was level to dimension. And that's what happens when you stay faithful, committed to what God has told, told you to do, faithfully. He will move you from wherever you're operating in and place you in a place of great influence. Amen? I said amen. amen. Let us go now to First Timothy chapter number 3, verse 5. I've got three minutes to read this and we're out. First Timothy chapter number 3 from verse 5 to 6. Thank you, Jesus. Is this good so far? Man, some business people, you need to be faithful. God has called you in the marketplace. You need to be faithful with the ideas he has given you. You need to be faithful with the duties and the responsibilities that you get from your boss. Amen? 
See, a lot of people don't understand. I didn't start out as a pastor. I didn't fall from heaven and just started pastoring. I also worked in the marketplace. And the same principle. I had to be on time. Man, you can't be clowning around and expect promotion. You can't be clock watching and expect promotion. Man, it says whatever you find your hands to do, do it as unto the Lord. You ain't even working for man. Did you know that? You're working for God. And your promotion will come from God. See, some of you are getting frustrated with your bosses. You know what? You think you, you, your perspective is twisted. It's not even your boss. Get them out of the picture. I'm working for God. And promotion does not come from the east or the west. It is God who promotes and demotes. Amen? Watch what he says. This is the Apostle Paul talking to uh, his son, Timothy, on how to uh, raise leaders and so on and so forth. And there's some principles we can get from this. He says, for if a man does not know how to rule his own house, how will he take care of the church of God? So your own house is the lesser of the two. And essentially from uh, 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 Luke 16, same, same principle. If you can't be faithful with your own house, you're certainly going to be unfaithful taking care of God's house. Amen? Next verse. Not a novice or a brand new believer. That's what the word novice means. Why does he say not a brand new believer? He says because if it's a brand new believer who hasn't learned how to be faithful in their character, here's what will happen. They are going to be puffed up with what? And he will fall into the same condemnation as what? So it's not because God is trying to hold back promotion from us. It's because God wants this promotion to fit in. Do you see it? He's a good, good father. He's thinking of how this thing is going to impact us primarily and those around us. Because trust me, Great prosperity, great harvest, great wealth comes with responsibility. It comes with a responsibility to touch other people's lives. It comes with a responsibility to change your community. It comes with a responsibility to pay school fees for people who can't afford to pay school fees. I just read of a billionaire who donated 10 million U.S. dollars uh, to the eradication of cholera in Zimbabwe. It comes with such kind of a responsibility. Not a responsibility to buy a brand new toy every single week. And you need to that, get to that place where you've mastered faithfulness with the, with the resources that God is bringing your way. And I'm telling you, it starts with where you are. It starts with the little that you have. Start listening to the voice of God. Start taking a portion of it and honor God with it. Let's go to Proverbs 3, verse 9 as we close. I have 19 seconds. Thank you, Jesus. Can I preach for five more minutes? Watch what it says. It says, honor the Lord with what? Your possessions. And with the first fruits of your increase. Now watch what happens when you do that. Next verse. So your barns will be filled with plenty. And your vase will overflow with new wine. But when your vase are filled with plenty and your vase with new wine, uh, uh, it's not so that you can start indulging. With God, it's never about indulging. It's always about making an impact and changing someone else's life. Amen? Remember the parable in Luke 12, this guy's ground was about to bring forth plenty. And he said within himself, what am I going to do? I'm going to tear down my old limited barns and I'm going to build bigger barns. 
and then I'm going to put all my stuff in there. And then I'm going to sit back and say, Saul, look at all this stuff that belongs to you. And Jesus said he was a fool because in that very night, his soul was required of him. God didn't kill him, but he just so happened to die that, uh, he just so happened to die on the day that he filled up his new bands. On the day that he bought his brand new. (laughs) And then here's what Jesus said. He said, who's going to eat all of that? I can answer that. Whoever is left behind. (laughs) Amen. It's the same thing, man. I mean, it's not about stuff. Prosperity is not about stuff. It's about making a difference. It's about changing people's lives. Those are the true riches that we can take with us into heaven. And when you you carry that mindset, I'm telling you, you will change people's lives. And God will make you prosper. Get on that journey of faithfulness. And God will change your fortune. Amen? I said amen. Second Timothy, chapter number 2, verse 2. I want to show you as we close what kind of people God commits responsibility to. He says, and these things you have heard. And he's talking about the most valuable possession in the kingdom of God, revelation. He says, these things you have heard from me among many witnesses. Commit these to talented men. So what he says? He didn't say commit these to talented men. He says, find anybody who's faithful. Anybody. God will work with anybody. Says find anybody who's faithful and commit these valuable truths to them and notice what will happen when you do so. They will be able to teach others also. You know why? Because gifts overflow come from a place of faithfulness. He didn't say find great orators. Find eloquent people. Do you see it? He says, just find anybody, no form four, my you, (laughs) no metric, anybody, just find anybody who carries this quality called what? Faithfulness. Give it to them and guess what? Because they are faithful, they will find some ability on the inside of them to teach it to other men. I will make sure that they are promoted to do so. Remember those cats who were given talents? I'm closing now. I think I've been closing three times. Let me me close for real. Let me close for real. See, I'm three minutes over. Let me close for real. Remember those guys were given five talents? The other one five, the other one two, the other one one. The one was given five, what happened? Multiplied and came back with ten. The other one given two, multiplied, came back with four. The other one one, went and buried it. And the master wasn't too pleased with him. But the one who uh, multiplied it to five and the other one who multiplied it to two were given the same uh, commendation on on their report card. It said, well done, my good and faithful servant. Because you are faithful with the least, watch this, I will make you ruler over much. Who be I? I be God. God said, God said, because you are faithful with the least, it's now in my hand. See, when you're faithful, you don't need a business card. When you're faithful, you don't need to get into self-promotion. You don't need to write a motivation letter. You don't need to ask anybody to give you an opportunity to preach. Because God says, I 
will make you ruler over much. Why don't you stand on your feet? Thank you, Jesus. Father, we thank you. We give you all the praise and all the glory.